in this week's Curious Conversations with Giselle Mirasol. I can't say it is the most important thing in my life, but it's one of the most important things in my life. Without cross-dressing, probably I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here, to tell you the truth. That's Chrissy Mano talking about how cross-dressing has saved her life. And we go into other topics in episode 61 of the Cross-Yas podcast. It's a pretty in-depth conversation, and it's about an hour long. It's also a two-parter, but it's quite good. So let's get right into it, shall we? Yas! Yas, yas, yas! Yas, 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 yas! Cross Yes Podcast with Giselle Mirso. Yas! Yas! Yas, 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 yas! Yas, yas, yas. Welcome to the Cross Yas Podcast, the podcast that still says yas to everything related to cross dressing, sexuality, and gender. My name is Giselle Mirsol. You guys didn't know me. I'm still the cross dresser and wonderful podcast host of this inclusive and awesome podcast, The Cross Yas Podcast. Yes, yes, yes. This is yet another installment of The Curious Conversations with Giselle Marisol. And this week I have a special one for you. Her name is Chrissy Mano and she comes on the podcast to tell her story. It's quite good. Oh, really? Don't want to toot my own horn and I apologize to all the other guests of the podcast, but this one, it's pretty damn good. She goes into a bunch of different topics and she talks about how difficult it is to be a cross-dresser living in Israel. She's one of our first Middle Eastern cross-dressers to come on the podcast or currently living in the Middle East. She's originally from Australia. She talks about that and much, much more in this episode. So without further ado, let's just get into it. This is episode 61, you guys, and it's a good one. Hope you guys enjoy. Chrissy? Hello. Hey, Chrissy. Uh, welcome to the Cross. Oh, my yeah. God. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wow, girl. this is so surreal. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah, really? It's like I've been listening to your podcast for like for the past week, you could say. And I never thought that will be at the other end of the line, you know, or I'll hey. be listening to myself in the near future. Oh, uh-huh. well, yeah. Uh, welcome to the Cross Yas podcast, Chrissy. How are you today? <laughs> Thank you. I'm doing well, thanks. Uh, doing quite well. Yay! Well, I'm, it's always it's always a pleasure to hear a fan of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Uh, uh, you... No, it's just I've been being a fan of you guys, and, you know, and hearing your voice and just for just you saying yes all the time. It's like it gives me a big smile, you know. Oh, yay! Yay! Well, uh, yeah. welcome, yeah. Chrissy. Yay! So uh, thank you. Uh, thank you. Do you want to introduce yourself first? Okay, my name is... Oh, I go by uh, Chrissy Mano. Uh, I'm on Instagram only. Uh, I don't do Twitter or Facebook. My real name is Socrates, which is kind of heavy. So that's why I picked Chris. I am 32 years old. I was born and raised in Australia until I was 18 years old, 17, 18. And I moved here to to Israel to, uh, let's just say for personal stuff. And I've been here ever since. So, yeah, I've been cross-dressing for uh, 20 plus years, uh, since I was 9 or 10 years old. And I haven't been doing it, like, for so long. Uh, you could say, like, in a, in a repeated year-by-year kind of way. Uh, I took a few breaks here and there, okay, just to discover myself, you could say. The first... Three years of cross-dressing, like since I was nine years old till I was 12 years old, 
uh, I used to do it like every once a week. And then I took a break since I was 12 till 17 years old. I didn't do anything at all. And then after that, I came back to cross-dressing until I was 23. I did it every week, I dressed up, makeup, everything. And then I threw everything away. Uh, I got married. And then I came back to cross-dressing when I was, uh, I think, 26 or 27. And I've been cross-dressing ever since. And thank you to Instagram that I have a platform for myself and to be out there more. It's been really, really helpful, Instagram and the support that I get there. And I've been happier ever since. I've been happier with myself, happier with, you know, I'll... Just to be, to belong it's somewhere, you know, because I always feel lonely that maybe I'm the only one that's doing it by myself, maybe I'm the only one out here, you know, so, something like that. So, yeah, thanks, thanks to Instagram that I'm doing this, you know. Yay, and I just saw that you recently hit 6,000 followers, so congratulations. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> amazing. Like, who would have thought that someone like, some average person like me could reach 6,000? That's like, wow. Well, you look really good, by the way. And people thank are... You, thank you, People are recognizing that. So, yas to you, girl. <laughs> thanks. So many points to touch on. So, how about we start with your wife? Like, does she know about your cross-dressing? How did you come out to her? Or if you ever did come out to her? What My was wife. that process like? Mm-hmm. Okay, like this. I uh, every relationship that I've been in, um, I always set a that that's the first priority I put in front of them. What happened with my wife? Uh, like you know, because I don't want to get into this awkward situation that maybe after we're married or maybe we've been in a ser- serious relationship that we have to have that conversation. Like, hey, I'm a crossdresser. You have to put up with it. You know, is it, you know, I, I don't want to get into that awkward situation so every time i went into a relationship uh, on the second date maybe third date you know i i get into that conversation and i'm okay if they want to split with me or want to continue you know because not everyone is accepting of that but with my wife on our second date we i talked to her about it uh we were sitting in uh, my apartment and to tell you the truth, she didn't really care. And that was the first time ever I had a re- reaction like that. Because, you know, everyone's like, oh my god, you're a cross-dresser. Or, I can't deal with that. Or, you know, the stigma kind of questions. Or like, are you gay? Or what are you doing? Or do you have a mental problem? You know, I, I had questions like that. And... You know, I I hate confrontation. Confrontation for me is a big no-no, you could say. But uh, with my wife, I didn't get any reaction at all. She's like, okay, cool. And and that's it. That was the end of the conversation. That's awesome. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, but uh, it wasn't another year later. We got married. And she saw that, you know, she had missing clothes and... Her makeup is running out, like, kind of quick. And I never do it in front of her. Like, I always keep uh, something private for myself. And even though I told her, she didn't think it was serious. Because uh, when I got married at 24 years old, she thought it was just, like, a phase and it would just go away, you know. She didn't really educate herself or 
my fault that I didn't educate her enough. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, I, I never really, th well, because of her first reaction, uh, I didn't think about it anymore or just to involve her in that. Like, I completely respect her. If she doesn't want to see me or doesn't want to be involved, but she supports me. And, and I'm okay with that. But then, after, like, we got married and everything, she's like, why are you still doing this? And I told her, like, I'm a Christian, so you already know that. And we've been living together for so long. You already know that, so why are you having this conversation with me? And it took around, like, two days to comprehend, like, what's, what's happening. Okay, and just to uh, understand the situation. And we had, like, a quite a long talk. And communication is the most important thing in a relationship. Like, you have to communicate to get things through. Without communication, it's just, it's just not going to work. And uh, we got through it. We talked about it. She told me that she will give me my space. She will get out of the house. I can have my own private time. You know, stuff like that. And then, well, that, let's just say I have a really, really big story, and I don't think we have the time to get into everything. We do, though. Detail. Actually, I would love to know <laughs> all the details, girl. I got all day. Tell me. All the Tell details. Me. Okay. Okay, so that was in 2013. We had that conversation. Okay, so we were cool with each other, and everything was great and beautiful, you could say. You know, I had my own time. Let's just say cross-dressing for me is my relaxing time, my break, free time, you know, just from all the responsibilities in life. You know, just to get into character and just be a woman, you know, just to have a carefree three-hour space of time for myself. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And in 2014, my daughter was born. Uh, her name is Lydia. Uh, cute, cute. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. Uh, she she's like the most wonderful gift ever. Like I, I, I love it Aww. really. Oh, but the thing is, I got really. Uh, how can I say this? Uh, not not scared, not terrified, not uh, anxious or anything, or nervous or something like that. It's like this weird feeling, like my life is about to end as a crossdresser, you know? And because crossdressing for me, it's. I can't say it is the most important thing in my life, but it's one of the most important things in my life. Uh, without cross-dressing, probably I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here, to tell you the truth. Oh, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean that you wouldn't be here? I, I wouldn't find happiness anywhere else. Uh, cross-dressing is my only happiness. It's the only thing that's keeping, pushing me forward, you could say. So in 2014, my daughter was born and everything, and I, I kept on cross-dressing like more periods of time. Okay, and my and I wasn't there for my wife. Okay, like I was there, I was you know with the job, and with responsibilities, and with my mother-in-law, and with my daughter. You know, all, all these together, you know, it builds pressure inside of you, and. The only getaway that I found for myself is cross-dressing. So I used to just go out, rent a room, you know, just to have my own space. You know, it's only like once a month, something like that. And my wife didn't like it at all. So I took a break for about a year from cross-dressing. Okay, I told her that, you know, if it's really, really a problem for you, it's okay. It's only clothes. 
I will check everything away and, you know, we'll continue on with our lives. So 2015 came along and it's about, I don't know, more than a year. I, I wasn't cross-dressing at all. And then I had uh, problems with my kidney. I have a rare, rare disease in my kidney that daily I get nosebleeds and uh, an uh, anemia, I think it's called. Okay, where I don't have any hemoglobin in my um, in my blood. So, you know, I feel kind of weak uh, here and there. And I got like blood problems, you could say. Uh, that, that's been happening to me daily ever since. Uh, sometimes I get nosebleeds for like uh, maybe 10 minutes, sometimes three hours straight. Yeah, it's, it's problematic and I still kind of find a cure till this day. Um, it's called the HHT uh, disease. Yeah, I don't know if you heard of it. Never heard of it. And you were diagnosed in 2014, 2015? 15, 15, yeah. Okay. And okay. yeah, and I was okay with it. Okay. But as life continued on, when I was doing all the uh, diagnostics and all the treatments and all that, I, I came back to cross-dressing because I was feeling, I was feeling bad. Now I, I, I didn't care about anything else anymore. And when I got back to cross-dressing, I felt uh, much better felt uh, relaxed more, felt uh, happy, you know, like, I, I have a purpose in life uh, again. Yeah, even though I have my daughter, my daughter is like really, really important to me, and I love her to death, but still, without cross-dressing, you know, that's something for me that I need, okay, without it, I, I find myself, I don't know, lost, you could say. So, in 2016, I got diagnosed with cancer. Uh, with uh, in my uh, large intestines, okay, and that was the time where I said, you know, uh, can I swear on the podcast? Yes, please. I prefer it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, I had the fuck it moment, you know, like just fuck everything else. I'm gonna do what I need to do for myself to be happy because. Yes. Oh, you go, girl. You know, you, 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 mm-hmm. you know, you got that that feeling. Just fuck everything. I want to do something for me. Okay, so I got into cross dressing to the next level. You could say, you know, with the breast forms, with the wigs, with the highest heels, like several pairs. Like I was into it because after cancer. I felt like I'm not doing anything for my life. Like, I'm getting stuck with my life. I'm not doing anything for myself. It's always for my wife and my daughter and the people around me. And I'm just not, I'm not happy. I'm just not happy anymore. Okay, like, I thought the end of my life was going to happen in 2016 after cancer. So, till this day, like, I'm I'm going strong with it. Like, I, I love it. I love it. I love just. Being me uh, in my private time, I don't I don't go out yet. Uh, I can't I can't find any places to go out to. But uh, I do go to uh, motels, to uh, holiday cabins, and just have like my one night session with myself. You could say, you know, photo shoots and just uh, taking my time with makeup and everything like that. Okay, and after that. In 2019, my wife got cancer as well, breast cancer. Oh my god. Oh, girl, goodness. Yeah, yeah, Mm. yeah. 
it's uh, life sucks. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, uh, we we're gonna go to Australia in uh, 2018. Okay, I'll get back like a few months before what happens. In 2018, I quit my job. I sold everything, and we were gonna move back to Australia because I really miss my home. You know, I, I want to go back home. I want to feel. Uh, let's just say, uh, what's the word? Uh, I want to feel. Ha- ha- I got lost for words now. Happy? I don't know. Safe? I don't know. <laughs> safe? Yeah, yeah, safe. Uh, I just want to feel like I'm, I'm belonging somewhere safe where I could be myself and just be happy, okay? Because over here, Israel's tough. Like, to tell you the truth, I'm not happy here in every single minute that I'm here and I look at people, I'm not happy. But I'm living my life and trying to do my best just to keep on going. So in 2018, you know, I sold everything, we put all our clothes in a container and we're just gonna run away just to go back to Australia you know me my wife and my daughter and one month before we were we were moving uh, my my wife I knew that she had breast cancer so we cancelled everything uh, we brought back the container and uh, I had to find a job and you know it's just that I'm stuck here you know that feeling that I'm just like ah shit I'm stuck here more so once my wife uh, had the surgery, okay, she was going to do a radiation treatment. Uh, she didn't want to do any chemotherapy, and so I stand by that. And uh, once she started the radiation, some, I can swear, right? Yeah. Uh, some dickhead sent my wife a message telling her that I am gay. And my and your husband is lying to you, and he doesn't love you, and you know all the mean words ever you could say in one message about me. What the fuck? What? Yeah, yeah, <sighs> yeah. And my wife looked at me, and I, I didn't understand. You know, I'm just I'm sitting by her. She's about to have her first treatment of radiation, and this fucker just came out of nowhere and sent her a message. So, you know, she looks at me, and she didn't say anything. We went back home, all the, all the way home, she didn't talk to me. The whole day, she didn't talk to me. I was like, what's wrong? What's happening? Please tell me. She didn't talk to me. The next day, she woke up, and she just showed me the, the message. And I, I tried to deny it, to tell you the truth. I denied it for three days straight that he's lying, uh, I love you, and, you know, you, you mean the world to me, and all that until until I broke. Because she, she, it was a gut feeling inside of her that, yes, I am gay, and yes, um, I'm just with her for for self-interest, you could say. And after three days, I broke and I told her, I'm not fully gay, I'm, I'm queer, you could say. Okay, I, I'm, no, I'm not attracted to women, I'm attracted to men, yes, but not fully gay. And she just broke. 
like I broke her heart, and till this day, I'm very, very sorry for that. I, I, I try to keep it a secret for so long, like so, so long, and. Excuse me. Take your time, girl. Take your time. I I I didn't mean for for this to happen, you know. Um, it's yes, it's my fault. It's I should have said something from the start, and if I said something from the start, I wouldn't. We wouldn't be together. I wouldn't have my daughter. I. Wouldn't have met Lydia. I wouldn't. <sighs> yeah. No. I. I really, really sucked up. Like really, I. <sighs> I should have been straight with her from the start. You know, like my biggest mistake I ever done in my life. And till this day, we're still working on it. You know, uh, we're still communicating. Uh, we're we're still together, but uh, every day it's uh, getting harder. Uh, you could say, because uh, uh, the my I think my mistake I made another mistake I think, and uh, that I told my wife, uh, you can if you find yourself that you can. Now I, I'm I'm an open book over here. You know I'm an open book with everyone. And I'm an open book with you, so I have nothing to hide in. Uh, I uh-huh. told my wife mm-hmm. that um, if you want, you can go out with other dudes if you find yourself that you can't sleep with me, or uh, if you can't, uh, you know, uh, if you feel sorry for me, and you already know that I'm not attracted to you, so I know it's hard for you to push yourself on me because you know how I feel and my wife is like a really really sensitive person and she feels everything like everything she feels it okay so you know every time she she comes on to me like um I'm kind of hesitant okay but you know as a husband and I'm not supposed to do I I can't say I know I'm kind of cruel for saying it's my duty but you know it's it's part of uh, a marriage, you know, sex. Sex is part of a marriage. And you can't say no to that. Right, right. So, uh, how can I say this uh, in, better, in better ways? Uh, we're in an open relationship. Like, my wife and I are able to go out with other people and stay happy together, you could say, in a sense. Okay, and my wife has now had a boyfriend for six months now something like that and i haven't found anyone since i haven't been able to get find someone out of our marriage and i haven't had sex in like such a long time no i miss it. and uh how can i say this uh you know my life is was planned so perfectly and so many things got in the way and this was just the hammer drop that says you know, stop right here. You, you can't do this anymore. You know, and yes, I've been lying to myself. Yes, I've been lying to the people around me, and I feel shit. I feel shit because of that. But I'm trying to stay positive. My wife is 
yeah she she's in a kind of a depressed state like she has that black hole inside of her heart okay she she tells me like at least twice a week that she's depressed and she doesn't feel good you know and it's been going on for like one year now uh, you know she's telling me how how much she's in pain uh why am i gay uh why did i do this to you you know stuff like that and every time i hear it you know it's just another another nail to the heart so i'm i'm trying to do my best but these days in the past 3 months you could say we we're getting better together okay we're we're sticking by each other's side you know we're supporting each other that's good and... okay lots of questions lots of questions and lots of points i want to bring up first off you are a valid person I know the negativity that you feel because of what you've done in your past may, you know, overwhelm you and probably overwhelms your wife. But those feelings you had are still valid. And I'm glad you're still working on yourself and your relationship too. Can we back on up and go back to who this person was that messaged your wife, like, and said that you were gay and that, you know, that you, you, you were lying to her. Like, who is this person? Wow, that's that's a great question. Um, to tell you the truth, I I don't know the dude. So, like I don't know him, but uh, I can give you a backstory to why why he said that and how we know it was like part of the truth. Yes, please. Yes, please. Um, it was started when my dad died here in Israel uh, in two thousand and eight. I was. You know, kind of lonely. I was here by myself. Uh, my two brothers and my my uh, biological mother was uh, uh, in Australia still, and they didn't come visit me even to the to my dad's funeral. Uh, I was here by myself, and I put him in the ground by myself. And yeah, so I was kind of kind of kind of lonely, kind of sad. Uh, I was in a dark place, and you know. As I said, the only thing that makes me happy, that makes me look forward to, is cross-dressing. So I started buying loads of stuff, like loads of dresses, loads of makeup and everything. But before, in 2008, I I never wore wigs. I never wore a breastplate. And I had a beard. And, you know, I was kind of like half drag, half cross-dressing, you could say. And that's how I was always. You know, uh, I never shaved. I never done anything for me. So you know, I shaved my body, yes, but I didn't shave my beard. And you know, I had the kind of kind of weird look, you could say. No, I can't say weird. Like I, I saw myself like super sexy, but uh, you know, in other people's eyes. So in two thousand eight, I went to there's a, in Israel. It's like a really really primitive country, like really primitive. Uh, people still think to this day that they could throw rocks at you because you're gay. Like that. They could punch the hell out of you because you're gay. Wow. So there was this one area in the the main city, Tel Aviv, in Israel. Um, it's like a two-kilometer radius, you could say. And, and I'm talking about 2008. It's like more bigger now. But 2008 was like a really, really small area. And there was this gay bar over there. And I went all dressed up, no wig, a dress, beard, makeup, you know, looking good, having the time of my life over there. And when I was dancing over there, 
and having having a good time, you know, just to forget my the passing of my dad and forget all the horrible things that happened to me in that time. I just, you know, I wanted to release, you know, just to set, set myself free, you could say. So I went to the club and I met a guy there. Okay, and this guy was living in my neighborhood where I used to live as well. So we got together and we were in an on and off relationship for three and a half years. But the relationship was kind of toxic, you know. He was, I'm a big guy, like I'm six foot tall, I weigh a hundred kilos, I'm kind of big. Okay, and I got the muscles to prove but he used to beat me, and I used to take it. And um, you could say that it was a one-sided relationship, where where he used to give it and not take anything. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I used to live in the apartment by myself, and he used to come around, and whenever he's there, I'm supposed to be like all dressed up before he comes, and if he doesn't see me dressed up, he'll beat the shit out. And it was for like three and a half years for that, and my wife doesn't even know this, to tell you the truth. Like, she knows I've been in a relationship, yes, and she knows that I was with a dude for like three and a half years, but she doesn't know the real specifics, because we still didn't talk about this together. But anywho, after, after a while, I didn't hear from him, like, for like two weeks, something like that. And... I was kind of wondering, like, where where the hell could it be gone? Because, you know, I was feeling lonely again. Like, he was the only thing, the only person that understood me, you could say. Even though that he was kind of violent, but still he understood me. And, you know, I was feeling kind of lonely. So I went over to his house. And he, he was, like, uh, around my age. And they told me that he died. That his parents. What? And I'm like, well, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, right, exactly. what? I'm like, how, how did he die? How the fuck did he die? Okay, and they just look at me and I'm like, who are you? And I almost did a mistake telling him that I'm his boyfriend. Because, you know, in Israel, this, it just doesn't comprehend. They, they don't understand that. I just told him, you know, we're good friends. He said, and uh, his mother told me, like, I never heard of you, and he never talked about you. I'm like, okay, but how did he die? And then she told me, like, in a car crash. I'm like, when did this happen? And it was the night where he, he got, like, really, really angry at me. Stormed out of the house, like, he made me feel like shit on that last night that I saw him. And uh, he, I saw him drive off in the car, like, you know, doing burnouts or whatever. And that, that's the night that he did a crash and died. And they, they did ask me, like, um, do you know what happened on that night? Did you, were you with him? And I told them, no, I don't know anything. I just left. And I cried my guts out. Like, really, I just, uh, I was devastated, you know? Yeah, wow, so, wow. 
Yeah. Yeah. Life sucks. <laughs> I keep on saying that, but, but <laughs> life is good. Life is good, you know. Right, <laughs> life right, is yeah. good. <laughs> it's yeah, just yeah. you got you got these quirks, you know, that come out of nowhere that, you know make life uh, complicated, you could say. So um that's you know, I was as I said, I was in a in a secret relationship. I will, I had one night stands, like a lot of white night stands in between our relationship, our three and a half year relationship. Because as I said, we're on a, on on and off relationship together. And it was always in secret, always in you could say public toilets, you could say hotels, you could say uh, in cars, say in the woods, you could say in my apartment, you know, it's just all in secret. And all the times you were dressed as Chrissy, or were you, you know, you were dressed as employee most of mode? The time, most of the time. Most of the time. Okay, and they were all with, uh, with men? Him, with him uh-huh. as Chrissy. With, with the... I, I don't want to say his name. I mean, you or can. He's not here anymore. He's right? dead, okay. you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, his name was uh, Joseph. Uh, Yusuf, Joseph, uh, whatever. Whatever it was. And you know, with Joseph, he was uh, he he texts me here and there when we were in our off relationship, like when he goes away and doesn't want to continue with the relationship. And but he does text me in between, and in between, I do go out to the clubs and just have have some fun, you know, because I, I love it. It feels good, it feels empowering, you know. Right. Right. That when 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 some guy wants you, okay, it's it's the most incredible feeling. Just let me touch your ass, you know. It's just it feels good. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. can't deny that. So yeah, um, most of the time I was Chrissy. Sometimes I wasn't. Um, it all depends how how I felt that night. So because how did? How did the person yeah. who texted or messaged your wife, how did this all relate to that person? Or That's the thing. I, I don't know. Probably his friends that he knew. Probably someone that was close to him. I, I don't know. I have no idea. To tell you the truth, that's, that's one of my own mysteries that I'm trying to find out. Like To this day, I'm still trying to find like who's following me um, on Instagram. Is following my wife, you know, it's just because they had such a generic profile with zero followers, zero posts, nothing, and he sent that message. And then after he sent that message, he deleted his profile. So, you know, there's no traces. I can't, I can't find them. That's so, yeah. incredible. That's so. The, again, the story is getting more and more incredible, and <laughs> I mean, it's great because I think the Cross Yas listener wants to hear. People from the other side of the world that has these kinds of experiences, you know, like you're you're Australian, but you live in Israel. You are a crossdresser who is, you said, queer, who yeah. has these experiences and past gay experiences, and then you got married, and then you had a kid, and then all these other things. Like whoa, and then you have cancer. Your wife has cancer. You you've gone through all these <laughs> things. That's a roller coaster, you could say. Yeah, <laughs> it's like whoa. So all these yeah. things are valid, and like. I'm sure the listener who's listening to this is already like, what already? But um, there's just even more questions that I have to ask. Like, Ask freely, like, yeah. Why didn't you tell your wife before you got married? Like, how did you meet her? Like, 
I know you said you met her and on the second date you told her you cross-dressed, but like, yes. why didn't you tell her about your gay relationships or relationships you've had with men prior? I mean, I know you're scared, but like, why? Uh, as, I, as I said, yeah, yeah, I understand. Uh, as I said before, uh, you know, over here in Israel, you can't say that. So, well, in 2011, when I went my, met my wife, you, you couldn't say that, no matter what. And I was working, let's just say, at a 24-hour sandwich bar kind of place. Okay, and when I met my wife, my wife is a cook, like, she's a chef. And she was working a 16-hour shift, okay, in her restaurant, like, far away from me. And uh, she wanted some sushi, you know, at the end of the night. So she came next to my place. The next to my place was closed, the sushi place. So she went to another place. She didn't find anything open. So her last option was our place, you know. So she came in. Okay, we had a laugh, me and her. And uh, we got together. And, you know, because as I said, like, I was always in a secret relationship. I'm always hiding. I, I want to be out there. But at the same time, I can't show my true color. Because I know what will happen to me. So I told myself I want to, well, how can I say this? Uh, there's a story to this as well, why I do this. But I'll continue and then I'll go back another few years. With my wife, uh, you know, I wanted to get in a relationship. I wanted to try to be straight, you could say. And just to feel normal, okay, in this pathetic primitive world that I'm living in. And once I got into a relationship, like, everyone's, like, happy for me. And they were, like, yeah, good on you, you know, and stuff like that. And they were giving me this, like, motivation, like, you're doing something right. And I know inside of myself that this is wrong, you know. I'm, I'm deliberately sabotaging myself for this. And I'm, I have to tell the truth, but every time... She told me once that she hates, she hates gay people. That was one of our conversations. Okay, she she said that she doesn't understand them. It's only a fetish. It's only something. Uh, it's only lust. Okay, because my wife is like really, really Christian, super Christian, and uh, that that's what she believes, you know. And once I heard that, like I kept on suppressing myself. You know, just to feel, feel kind of normalcy. You know, because I've been looking all my life for some, uh, for some place I belong in. Because as a crossdresser, you don't belong anywhere. You don't belong with the gay people. Uh, you don't belong with the queer people. You don't belong with the drag queens. It's like we're in this gray area where, where people don't understand us. That's how I feel to this day, even. Okay. I just wanted to feel... I wanted to feel where I belong somewhere. And once I found my wife, like, I felt that probably I belong here. It feels good. Um, people are happy for me. People, her, her family, her whole family uh, invited me. And they love me, you know, and just like they're giving me all this love, which I've been looking for years. You know, I've been in a violent relationship. 
I didn't have any parents, no brothers around me. I didn't have any friends, you know, so that was the main reason why I didn't tell my And I wanted to make my my mother proud, you could say. Uh-huh, yeah. In a sense. Yeah. And my mother is a whole different story. Uh, that she... I'm not going to say she she ruined my life. For the past 12 years, we haven't... Well, 10, 10 years, sorry. For the past 10 years, we haven't talked at all. Like, at all. When I was around 11 years old, my mom caught me... Or didn't actually catch me, but she found her dress under my bed. All wet. You know, with pantyhose, all wet. Okay, and she, she looked at me and she was like, why is my dress and pantyhose wet and it's under your bed? I'm like, uh, I had a shower in them. Okay, with a big, huge smile on my face. Like, I was happy. Because you know, I wanted her to find out, but not from me, from finding what I did. Because as I said, I can't, I, I'm not good with confrontation a lot. So, um... When my mom found out, she she burst into tears. She burst into tears like I've never seen before. Okay, and she was like, "My my son is gay. I can't I can't see my son anymore. He's not my son, you know." And you know, and just talking like that. And uh, my dad came home, gave me a beating that I'll never forget. And how can I say this? It, it was. It wasn't pleasant. Let's just say that. And my dad, um, he he talked to me. He told me, "Why did you do that? This is only for women. There's some things that women can do. There's some things that men can do, but you can't cross these worlds. These worlds are made for society to to be balanced, or or some shit like that. Like I I don't, I don't know the exact words, but you could say that was his message to me. You could say." And uh, when I was 12 years old, uh, I still didn't hit puberty. I hit puberty at 14. At 12 years old, I used to wear panties under, under my clothes without anyone noticing. And that was the time I got raped. I got raped by, by a homeless dude, which I gave him $5 out of... Uh, uh, how how did this happen? Um, I was I was walking down the street by myself, in the city. I used to swim a lot, and I was going on my surfboard. I was going uh, to the beach, and there was this street, one way street, where it's kind of kind of ruined. You know, it's like um, it's very old. And while I was walking down there, uh, between the one one way road. And no through roads. Okay, there's this like little alley that you can go through, get to the beach quick. It's kind of a shortcut. So that's where I saw this homeless dude, and um, you know, he was shaking his cup. And uh, I gave him five dollars, you know, just to let him eat something. Feel sorry for him. And then he told me he wanted to give me something in return. Yes, well, I know the stories where don't talk to strangers or something like that. But, uh, you know... God, this is hard to cut. Why, why do you make me talk? 
I know. I'm sorry. I'm your story is incredible. <laughs> your story is my God. Like anyone who listens to this story is gonna is probably not gonna believe it. But if you're telling me, and I'm gonna believe, I'm gonna go with what you're saying is true. But because you sound so genuine about it, I guess it sounds so real, and I I, I want to believe you. And part of me is like, there's no way. But I mean, what you're saying, holy shit! If this is true, goddamn. But sorry, go on. Sorry, please, please continue if you can. I know it's might be hard, but I mean, it's I've hard. Hard. For, for me, like I've but shared I'm my trying. It, trying. T- take as long it, as you need. It's been me. a while. It's it's been like twenty years. It's the first time I ever speak public about it. Like I talked with my wife about it, and. You know, with my wife, you know, she she was okay with it, and she she talked me through it. Yeah, I, I'm over it, you could say. You could say. Uh, not over it, like, fully, but I finally can talk about it freely. Like, I know what you mean, because I talk about my I experiences being molested, and as a 12-year-old, like, was kind of hard for me, like, at the beginning. Uh, I've approached okay. my ex-girlfriend about it and she didn't know what to do with it. I was 12 or 14 or 15 at the time and then of, of when I told her and you know 20 15 20 years later now talking about it on a podcast it kind of made it cathartic for me kind of just being able to let it out made me feel exactly good. yeah exactly. so I hope that's what it this does for you by just telling me and the cross yes listener like your story because I'd hope that you, like you said, you're a little over it, but you're not really. But like, same with me. I'm like, I'm kind of over it, but I'm also like, I know what's happened in my past and it kind of shaped me to be who I am today. You know what I mean? So feel exactly, free. Exactly. Yeah. Feel free to talk about it if you want. I mean, if you can't, then I don't totally understand. But, I, you know, if it helps you, by all means, talk well, about this. Well, it's going to mm-hmm. be more unbelievable. And when you told me, like, the story is unbelievable, it's like, yeah, kind of, kind of. It sounds unbelievable, but. It's the truth. As I said, I'm an open book. I don't hide anything. But uh, since I'm here on the podcast, like, you know, I'm, I'm finally, finally making my voice heard. And it's all thanks to you. Yes. If, I'm still happy again. This is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is my, uh, I'm not going to say my only chance, but this is my first chance and probably my last chance. So I might as well, you know. And um, I, I am a happy recipient. Everything. Yes, <laughs> let it all out, girl. Please take take yes, as long as you need. Yes. So um, yeah. Well, so what happened? Uh, what happened, girl? Continue. Uh-huh. Where was I? Um, he told me. Uh, where was I? You said that you gave him five dollars. He gave, gave yes, yes, yes. He told me that he wants to show more his appreciation. Yes, that that was his. Um, and, you know, I was kind of hesitant, but I was like, uh, he's a homeless guy. Like, what can he do? You know, he doesn't, he doesn't have anywhere to go. So, as I said, like, this, this road uh, was kind of deserted. Like, it's very old. Everything is like, you know, how you see in these scary horror movies. Like, you know, everything is torn down. Right, yeah. Shit like that. It it was kind of like that scene. Uh, That's how I remember it, you know. Because when you're raped, I'm sorry to say this, like, you don't, you only remember that part, okay? And that part makes everything more of a horror story because it traumatizes you so much that everything around you seemed was, I don't know, I don't know how to put it. It's like, 
the way I remember it, like everything was dark, everything was bad, everything was broken, and probably in real life it wasn't like that. But that's how I remember it. Okay, so there was this deserted house. He he showed me in, and I I asked him like, "Do you live here?" And he's like, "Um, yes, I do." Okay, but there was this guy behind me which I didn't see. And he grabbed me by the neck and pushed me down. The the homeless guy closed the door. And yeah. Shit happened. Shit happened. But I was able to break free. Because it it wasn't like shackles. It was like a very thin chain. Which, you know, it's kinda easy to to break it. Uh, you can't say break it, like bend it enough just to get out. And uh, I kicked him in the nuts. I remember that very clearly. Very clearly. Like, I kicked him so hard. I was. I don't know. I, feel, I like all this adrenaline rush came through. And I kicked him so hard. And I ran out. I ran for my life. It was. Uh, and this was this was in the daytime, okay. And and the in the evening time when the sun was going down, I was still scared. I was still hiding in one place on the beach, and I I didn't know what to do. So this policeman walked up to me, and I told him what happened exactly, like exactly what happened, and he told me to show him. So I went to show him, and that place was still deserted, but there was no one inside. The homeless guy was gone. Okay, and the police, the, the policeman told me, like, are you, are you trying to make fun of me? What are, what are you doing here? I'm like, but this really happened. This is what happened. Like, I, I was screaming my lungs out at him, and he put me in his car. He just put me in his car, and... <laughs> And didn't fucking believe me, you know? And I just... I just puked my guts out, like, all over his car. The person, the one person that's supposed to trust you, didn't trust you, didn't help you. That one fucking person that's supposed to protect you didn't protect me, didn't help me. Just told me in his fucking wagon, just kept on going. Wait one sec. Mm, take your time, girl. Take your time. I'm sorry that happened. Mm. So, the past, you know, that's it. supposed to be over. Oh, God. So, he took me home. He took me home, I told him my address. Yeah. And he told my parents that I'm delusional. And he's making up stories. He was by himself on the on the beach. And I took him home. That's that's all they said to my parents. My dad beat me. He 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 took off his belt and just beat me. 
They told me how many times did I tell you not to be by yourself? How many times not to walk by yourself? You know, just making my day even just just way worse. <sighs> and you know, I didn't know what to do. They didn't take me to therapy. They silenced everything like it didn't happen and just moved on with their lives while I'm stuck with myself. Like, I, I didn't know what to do with myself. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so that that was my main reason. I, I, I didn't cross-dress. Uh, as I said before, like, when I was 12, I stopped cross-dressing until 15, 16, 17, like that. And when when did this happen with that homeless man? Like, how old were you? When I was 12 years old. Uh, great, I was in 96. 12 years old. And this, and this was in Australia? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I moved in Israel in, when I was uh, 17 or 18. When, when I finished high school. I came straight here. Um, you know, people, my ex... People suck. Yeah, people do suck. <laughs> They're the worst. Uh, my ex yeah. used to say that when I was molested, that that's the reason I cross-dressed, or was that a reason why I cross-dressed? And I told her, I was like, no, I knew I was a cross-dresser. No, beforehand. I was a cross-dresser before. That's the thing. So That was the thing. The cross- that, didn't, that didn't make me gay either. Right. I, you know, well, I don't, I don't know, to tell you the truth. Well, no, I am attracted to men, you know. Um, like uh, I look at a dude, he looks good. Hell yeah, I just want to hit on him, you know. And with women, I I don't feel like that. I don't feel like I just want to grab them and just uh, love them or you know shit like that. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. with women, I completely respect them, and if I'm looking at them, I'm looking at their clothes or heels or seeing their fashion sense. Other than that, I just don't look at women. So, right, I know you can take. You doing okay? Let, let me drink some water. I need some water. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that 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 was in the past. That's it. It's twenty. For fuck's sake, get over it. True. I mean, it's easy for me and you to say just get over it. And the things that have happened in our past did kind of shape us to who we are today. True. But so you say you're queer and you. How do you identify, would you say? Uh, you could say I'm a demigendered cross-dresser queer. Right. Who, are, who is attracted to men, sexually attracted to male presenting men? Or... Oh. Oh. Um, oh um, uh, like the both of us, like me and Chris. Okay. Okay. Um, have you thought of transitioning? Has that ever crossed your mind? Uh, it crossed my mind like once or twice. Uh, just to get some some female pictures, but not fully. Uh, because I heard um, uh, once you're on the HRT, it's like after six months you get like smoother skin and stuff like that, and that really intrigued me. But other than that, fully transitioning, no. I'm I'm happy as a dude. I'm proud that I'm a guy, and I, I wouldn't change that. Never. Cross dressing okay. for me is like is like a character, you know. It's like once I get into once I dress up as Chrissy, okay, like I'm, I'm Chrissy, like fully, and I feel empowered. I feel graceful. I feel 
super chic, super sexy, super happy. Like, like this is the place where I feel myself, you know. But deep down inside, I know I'm a guy. But that doesn't. That that's for me. That doesn't. I I don't care. Like yes, I'm a dude in a dress, and I am happy. That 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 is it. Yeah, I agree. Um, but but as your male self and as Chrissy, you're still attracted to men, not women. Yes. Yes. Okay. And but so and let's my wife it... have noticed this like for for the whole nine years we've been together. Okay. Like so she let's... always used to ask me, like, "Why don't you look at her?" or why aren't you looking at this sexy girl or why aren't you looking the other way or you know stuff like that like it's for her it wasn't normal like because the other men that she was with okay they're always looking on their side or you know they're looking behind her or checking out you know i I don't know how men do it but apparently my wife doesn't know so she she didn't notice that so let me bring it back to your wife then um okay you guys are now in an open relationship. Yes. And how is that? How do you feel about that? Like honest feelings. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Honest feelings, you said. Um, yes. <laughs> yes, I said that. <laughs> truth is, it doesn't matter. I don't care. Honest feelings. What I do care about is that my wife has been going out for the past four months every night every single night she's been going and that's where i'm i'm not happy with like i don't care if she's in a different relationship as long as she's happy and so we are happy together and we're here for our daughter it's okay really i don't care but she's been exaggerating like a lot and just, uh, you know, we haven't spent a night together ever since. Like, one night together we haven't. And even sometimes when we're together, she's like, stop the car, go back home, I need to go see him. Like, and we're going out together, you know, with our daughter. Okay, and it's like, uh, I told her quite a few times, like, do you have to see him every night? Can't just you guys just have a break? Uh, can't we just sit together just once? Okay, and I even tell her, like, don't go out tonight. Let's sit down and watch a movie or something. Okay, and she, she doesn't care. She just goes out. She doesn't even ask. And that hurts. That hurts a lot. But as I said, I always tell myself, this is my fault. And this is my doing just deal with no but see i don't i don't think you can say that and still be in a relationship together where you're the one who always has to concede to her needs you know i i don't know i don't know i i get what you're saying and i agree with you but uh i i'm i just don't know what to do to tell you the truth I mean, I you can I'm, leave. Right now, I'm stuck. <laughs> I, I yeah, can leave. Yeah. True, yes. You know, the truth is, the truth is, if I do leave, my life will be so much better, so much happier. Like, you wouldn't even understand. 
but she's my wife. And I have my daughter, which loves us both so, so much. And I have responsibilities for my daughter. And even though I'm not fully happy, I'm kind of happy, I'm not fully happy. Uh, with our relationship, uh, my main concern is my daughter. And if my daughter sees that together, uh, us together makes her happy, uh, I'm staying until I have another fuck it moment. You could <laughs> right, right. Until there's a certain point where you break because you're like over yeah, all this. <laughs> be- because I'm always, I'm like the most patient guy ever. And that's how I feel. You know, I am. Mm-hmm. Sorry uh, for off- offending all the other patient dudes out there. But, uh, <laughs> like, I'm a patient guy, you know, and I always have my limits too, okay? Like, with Instagram, um, when I started Instagram, uh, I used to hide my face. You, you know what? Sorry. In 2015, I did a secret Instagram uh, where I was fully beaded. I was out showing my face, being cool with everything without my wife knowing. And I did that for three months or four months, something like that. And then I told like everyone there on Instagram, like I met like so many questions. Like I found a place where I could express myself, be myself, even though it's on the internet and with strangers. But finally, I find people that are like me. And finding that was that meant the world to me, like because. In here in Israel, you can't find one person. One person you can't find a question. Only well, in that person, little place. Right, like one in public, public person. Never. In yeah, public, you never. Public, never. Never. Yeah, that's impossible to find. And, you know, finding that on the internet, that's like, wow. You know, it's like that big wow moment that, hey, I, I'm not alone in this world, you know, because as a cross-dresser, uh, for the past 15 years, I felt that I'm the only one that's doing it. Okay, even though I've seen on the internet that there's forums and people doing it, but I haven't talked to any crossdresser. I haven't seen live videos of crossdressers. Now, only drag queens and those shitty, 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 shitty fucking actors that make fun of crossdressers. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I hate that. I hate that so much. I just wanna I just wanna hit him in the head. I am sorry, I'm not I'm, <laughs> I'm not a violent person, you know. But those those actors that made cross dressing like as a funny thing or a, co- a comical thing is just a big you know makes makes me sad. Okay, because cross dressing is not about that at all. And, you know, uh, the media portrayed it as something comical and something that's just, you know, made for fun. And uh, I I feel kind of sad because I don't do it for fun. I do it for my own fun. I do it for my own happiness. I do it for my own pleasure. Like, if I can walk down the street in a dress with makeup, light makeup, I don't have to be, like, full-on how can I say this, um, passing makeup, okay, just light makeup, I'm a dude, yes, I'm in the dress, yes, and I'm happy, yes, I would love to do that, 
but I can't find anyone over here that does it. And when I see that on TV, and people are making fun of the, the idea of cross-dressing, is just sickening to me. Yeah, I was going to ask, and, how is yeah. cross-dressing perceived in Israel, I guess, was my other question. Um, well, it's a big no. Let's just say that. Uh, especially like for the LGBTQ community. Over here, it's, it's an X. Even to this day, like where I work, every single person, and I swear, I'm not, I'm really, whatever I'm saying on this podcast, it's the truth. Like every single person that I work with is homophobic. And they're still, to this day, okay, talking about gay people like it's a curse. Like it's, um, it's like, you know, when, when you call in the 90s, I remember that clearly. In the 90s, like you used to call someone gay like it's a curse or a faggot because it's a curse. Okay, but in the 2000s, that, that thing stopped and people were more accepting. In 2020, here in Israel, people call other people gay like they're cursing, you know? And they're wow. super, super homophobic. Like, they always tell me, if they see a gay person, or if they look at my phone, I'm watching like something, I don't know, like a drag show or something like that. They, like, they look at me like, why the fuck are you watching that? What, are you gay? Okay, I just want to punch him in the face for doing that. You know, stuff like that. You know, being... Like, it's like... They um When they see something like that, it's like they're hurting their ego, their pride, their... Uh, I don't know how to say this. Um, It's like... It's like they are offending themselves when seeing a gay person, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if yes, I'm against that. Yes, I try my best, you know, to say like, what the fuck, you know, like they're living their lives, you're living your life. Well, what's that got to do with you? Like it's 2020, for fuck's sake, you know. Just everyone, let everyone be themselves. I agree. I agree. But over over here, no, it's no. Everyone is based on religion and based on primitive thoughts and mentality. It's kind of sad. So where is that gay bar that you said that you went to to meet your first boyfriend or whatever? Where's that? Uh, in 2012, it got burned down. But um, it was in Tel Aviv, like in a, in a small place, you could say. Like in Tel Aviv and Jerusalem, it's, it's more... I, I'm not going to say accepting. Uh, in Tel Aviv, it's more accepting, yes. Okay, like, you can see here and there, like, gay people, okay, or gay couples, but you hardly see them, okay? And oh, I was walking, okay, you know what, I'll give you an example of how I know this. Um, I was walking uh, to the Australian embassy one year ago. Yeah, one year ago. Uh, a year and a half. A gay couple, okay? And, like, the people that were shouting at them, people that were cursing at them and I was walking behind them like I could hear all their comments about them okay like uh, like it was saddening you know yes they do they didn't give a fuck about what other people think and good for them like you know power to those two but still even though Tel Aviv has a pride march or something like that it's still full of homophobic people 
And so have you ever Israel have you ever done a pride? Yeah. Have you ever done yourself a pride or once. no? Once in two thousand and ten nine two thousand nine. And how was that experience for you? It was great. It was great. Like seeing everyone happy and dancing and just throwing rainbows everywhere and you know cheering. It's it was like. The most magical time I could remember. It it was awesome. It was like uh, I don't, I don't know. It was amazing. I I have no words to describe this feeling. It was amazing, awesome, outstanding, uh, fabulous. Uh, just I don't know. It, it was great. And even when I think about it now, you know, I'm just smiling. Oh, it sounds like you, because you want to be your best self, and it sounds like your best self is Chrissy, right? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. My best self is Chrissy, because Chrissy is more more happier. Chrissy is more at peace. Chrissy, um, makes makes everyone around her feel good as well. So and that's what I love. In theory, where would you move to to be your best self if you could? Sydney. I would go to Sydney. Back home, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of crossdressers from there as well. Yeah, I made you... a lot of friends from there. Yeah, you would. F- home and... is where you should be, yeah. I feel. <laughs> that's how I feel as well. But the thing is, I'm stuck. I'm just stuck and I don't know what to do. You know, sometimes when you you get to a crossroad and you don't know which is the right way, so you just stand there for a while just to think. That's where I am right now. Mm, I'm sorry. 15th, 15th of August 2020, this is how I feel and this is where I am. And hopefully one day I would listen to this podcast and think to myself, what the hell were you thinking? You should have done this a long time ago. No. <laughs> of course, of course. You know, just life uh, life is kind of confusing. It, even no matter how many times you plan, it never goes the way you want. Never. No matter what. That's life though, right? <laughs> That's, that's life. That's life. Life is beautiful when when you look at it at the big picture. I agree. I agree. Dang, girl, your story is incredible. <laughs> Thanks. How long have we been talking for? A while, right? Uh, about an hour and <laughs> some change. <laughs> Please don't put that in the podcast. That's <laughs> eh, okay. I'll probably split it in a couple uh couple episodes just because I'm just glad you were able to tell your story. I'm just so super glad you're able to tell your story. Yeah, but you you sound like a third. And you really helped me with this chat. Yay. I feel, I feel more free. I feel more proud of myself, I think. As you should grow, miss yeah. 6,000 followers. <laughs> <laughs> still, still, I, I still can't believe that. But hey, it's... It's it's amazing. It's amazing. Even though my 
my mother and my two brothers still don't know that I'm a crossdresser or I'm gay. I'm just having a great time in life. And as you should. Like, this is your life. You should live it to the best that you can with whatever you're given. You know, you've dealt with cancer twice (laughs) or uh, within your family. Um, Shoot, you live in one of the more least progressive cities or countries in the in the world, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> and you're still alive. You know, you're live and kicking, which a lot of people don't have the opportunities for, or they take for granted. So, yeah. I should be happy, right? Happiness is a mindset. And if you choose to be happy, <laughs> <laughs> even regard, you know, because some of the stuff that you've dealt with, if, if, if anyone would deal with even like one of the things you dealt with, they would probably, you know, end their life or they would probably say fuck it and then you know or just not want to deal with it but you have done the opposite and said fuck it and lived your best Chrissy life and here you are right yeah yeah uh, but as I said like without Chrissy in my life I really I wouldn't be here and like, without Chrissy uh, you wouldn't be here on the podcast <laughs> it's true true very true very true because um, I haven't been to therapy, I haven't talked to a psychologist. I haven't um, like I I know how important that is for some. I I know, and it is very important if someone needs to go, or you know what, if someone doesn't need to go, but if they have a problem and they can't figure it out, therapist is like the best therapy you can go to. But thankfully, thankfully, I'm I'm mentally strong. Thanks to Chrissy. Um, like Chrissy, once I'm into Chrissy, I I forget about life. I forget about everything, and I put that huge smile on my face and just be me, you know. And that's that's the only thing that has made me get through life. Sometimes, you know, I can regret... Uh, you know what? I'm not going to say that. No. I, I I will never regret being... Never. Never. I you shouldn't. Me. Right. Never. Never regret who you are, what you've done. This is your exactly. life. You've experienced it the way you have, and, you know, you are who you are today because of it. And that's it for part one of the Curious Conversations with Giselle Marisol and my special guest this week, Chrissy Mano. I'll have the second part of this interview with her in two weeks, so stay tuned for that. And finally, the miscellany. Yes! And that's all for this week, guys. Again, check out the patreon.com slash cross the yas. For more information for other ways to help out the podcast, check out our website, crosstheyaspodcast.com further behind the scenes and stuff that I'm sure you guys will enjoy. But that's it for this week. Have another episode by Wednesday and have a great rest of the week, you guys. Love you, love you, love you. And as always, keep it fresh, stay blessed, and remember, you're gorgeous. Again, guys, I'm not here to diagnose or treat anything. I'm just here to share my story. Have others come on the podcast to share their story to help you learn about the world of cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender a bit more.